first miracle I ever seen apart from someone getting the Holy Ghost was when I was 21 years old started my first church my wife Shirley was 18 we were extremely poor and I had it in my mind that it made me a second-rate preacher to work on a job so I tried to live on my ministry and and we did it was amazing how people took us in fed us give us rooms free and didn't even know us didn't even know us <laughs> and uh, there was a widow lady baptized that had 12 children she was dying with cancer and uh, <laughs> and and I had to stay with my father some in Parkersburg 40 miles away and one day she called and said her mother was dying and that the doctor was on the way wanted me to come so I rushed down there praying talking in tongues and I felt like the Lord told me he's going to heal her and uh, and uh, when I got there the house was full of people the family was all there their former pastor United Brethren preacher was there neighbors was there doctor was there and he was walking out of the bedroom and he says you're too late preacher she's gone he had closed her eyes and pulled a sheet over her head and I walked in and I asked this girl 18 years old I said no I uh, I thought God told me that he's going to heal her when I come down here I'll pray for her if you want me to and she fell down on her knees screaming begging me to pray for her and so I pulled the sheet down to her shoulders and, and I prayed and nothing happened she never moved and I prayed again the second time louder my dad taught me to pray loud and uh nothing happened I turned to the wall talking in tongues loud and nothing happened and then I got angry very very angry and I turned around and I said sister Barnes get up and she sat straight up asked about my wife and wanted something to eat <laughs> my uh, that that United Brethren pastor fell over on the floor like a fence post fell right on his face yeah but I was as green as grass I didn't have any nobody mentored me nobody taught me and I didn't go to Bible school or nothing I didn't have a clue as to what to do with it and uh, we had a couple big meetings after that but didn't last long I did baptize 16 people <laughs> 16 adults and then, but uh, I really didn't know what to do yeah. I was doing the best I knew to do I was bold in faith <laughs> you know I heard I went to because of the times this year did you and I heard Jack Cunningham preach. Yeah. And he talked about when he was preaching in uh, Asia or somewhere in Asia that they had a 
that they had a conference. He was preaching. Yeah. He said they brought all these sick people up there. Yeah. And he said that you told him to speak the word of faith. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. He didn't know what to do. And you said, well, just whatever you say, God's going to do it. Yeah. And so he started praying against every sickness, every disease. People were healed everywhere. And he pointed, he said, Buddhist people. He said, I command all of you people. There's all these sick people, crippled people laying in the front in wheelchairs and beds and stuff. He said, I command every one of you to get up. He said, and every single one of them was healed. Yeah. What What is that all about? Faith. Faith is the difference between trying to believe and believing. How do you know the difference? Well, the difference is it works when you believe. <laughs> And when it don't work is when you're trying to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I pray for someone to get the Holy Ghost or to be healed, I'm not surprised if they're healed or filled with the Holy Ghost. I am shocked if they're not. Hmm. I am literally shocked if they don't if it doesn't happen. That's what made me so mad. <laughs> I was so angry. I told her to get up because I expected her to get up. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I have the gift of faith. You have to ask for the will of God. Mm-hmm. You can't just ask for anything and everything. God don't heal everybody. Mm-hmm. I know we preach He does, but He don't. In the Old Testament, there was a man healed of leprosy. And so we assume that every leper can be leprosy. That's not true. You search the Old Testament, you're going to find one single man healed of leprosy. Mm-hmm. Not two, not three, not ten. One. In the entire Old Testament. We read about the woman that had the, the oil multiplied in the meal. That's there was thousands of widows starving to death in. Hmm. Thousands. They all starving to death. You see, the, that didn't happen. That didn't happen because the prophet went to her. The prophet went to her because it was going to happen. Hmm. It didn't happen because he went. He went because it was going to happen. Hmm. someone asked me he said how come so many gets the Holy Ghost wherever you go and what you're doing I said well there's an answer to that God tells me what he's going to do and when he's going to do it and where he's going to do it and I show up at the right time at the, with the right attitude hmm. <laughs> I don't try to make God do anything yeah People talk about make God do this, make God do that. I don't try to make God do anything. I just try to find out what he's doing and join in. If he's not doing it, I don't bother. I sit in my rocking chair. (laughs) When I went to the general conference this time and preached, at Holy Ghost Rally. Uh, someone asked me, says, is it going to happen? I said, yeah, there'll be 400 get the Holy Ghost. And there was a, a 401 counted. 
75 baptized. The Lord told me he's going to do that. <laughs> and I have faith that he'll do it. It never occurred to me that they didn't get the Holy Ghost. It never crossed my mind that they wouldn't get the Holy Ghost. Within 10 minutes, 150 got the Holy Ghost. The first 10 minutes. One of the second outstanding miracles I've seen as a young preacher, I left Ravenswood and did evangelistic work. And I uh, went to this place where a woman pastored. I'm not against women preachers. But uh, she turned out to be a nut. But... <laughs> And, uh, and we wasn't there very long. Shirley was playing the piano for them. We was in a, an old school room. One room, one room school. And uh, had a pretty good crowd. And uh, Shirley was playing the piano for them and one dear old sister got up and testified like she had had a vision from the Lord that there's a rat run from the piano to the pulpit. And I thought, oh my God, that's going to be us for this is over with. <laughs> Shirley's on the piano and I'm at the pulpit. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, uh, that, that woman preacher got jealous of us and just gave us a real hard time. And uh, and I seen her, I, I looked, watched her, and all of a sudden in my vision, I had never seen this before, she, took, she turned very black. She turned as black as a black crayon for just a moment. And, and I'd never seen that before. Hmm. And so I thought I'd better just discontinue the meeting. We just... Uh, wasn't no use to go on with that meeting. And and her husband was a layman. So I asked to go to her house after church. We were staying in an apartment. I went to her and I said, it's obvious that you're very displeased with our services. And uh, you can close the meeting if you want to. Oh, no, 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 Brother Cole. You misunderstood. I said, well, you're going to have to get behind me as a pastor then. A evangelist can't do anything if the pastor don't support him. And uh, she assured me she'd support me. So this was on a Saturday night. On Sunday morning, for the first time in my life, I told my wife, I said, you stay in the apartment. I don't want you to go. Something, something real bad's going to happen today. I feel in my spirit something's going to happen and uh, I don't want you there. So I went there and they had divided that that school into two classrooms, an adult and children, and pulled a curtain between the two. The woman pastor was teaching the Sunday, adult Sunday school class and all of a sudden uh, the woman that was teaching the children got louder and louder and and started dancing and and danced through that curtain 
had come right over to me and put her hands on me and prophesied that I was in sin and I thought well dear God <laughs> I, I'm not no angel by any means but uh, uh, I haven't committed any kind of sin that's worthy of this kind of an open rebuke you know I haven't committed adultery or something <laughs> and uh, and I just prayed in my heart I prayed God you're going to have to deliver me I'm just a young preacher this could destroy my ministry here before I ever get started all of a sudden she fell over on the pew like a dead woman she just fell over on the pew like a dead woman and I took over I said alright you bunch of idiots I'm in charge now I said I came to you last night I pointed at the preachers you know the pastor's wife or the pastor and I said I came to you last night very humbly and told you I was willing to move on and uh, you close the meeting if you wanted to and you assured me everything was okay but you went to this woman and gossiped to her about me and caused her to do this that's the reason she did that and God has struck her down and she's going to die if I don't pray for her. And her husband was sitting right there in the class. He was, in a, he was a jet airplane pilot for the Navy. <laughs> I said, she's going to die if I don't pray for her. And I'm not going to pray for her unless you get down on your knees and ask God and me to forgive you. <laughs> and she got up. That's God to forgive her. That's me to forgive her and I prayed for her and that woman come too yeah and I uh, <laughs> oh my goodness and I said I'm leaving I'm checking out of here you just go ahead with your meeting I tried to tell you last night in a polite way and you wouldn't listen it was obvious that you didn't like the meeting and didn't like what I was doing and uh, God protected me from you today <laughs> bunch of idiots <laughs> that woman's husband never said a peep never said a peep man. Oh, man. that's hilarious never never breathed the word <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I said you come to her and gossiping and got her all upset and caused her to do this she, God didn't tell her to do this she did it out of her own heart Huh. <laughs> <laughs> then I went right and said I'm going right straight to your presbyter and he hated her guts it's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious <laughs> he really whined and dined me because <laughs> he wanted to hear that <laughs> oh, I've seen a lot of things happen. <laughs> I was preaching a revival meeting up in Canada once. I was scheduled to speak for another pastor, but he was busy, and so they kind of shoved me off on a 
another guy that was very charismatic very charismatic in fact so charismatic he believed you could get the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues or at least he believed you got it before you spoke with tongues now he spoke with tongues they put me with him and his church building was kind of like singing in a in a, in a shower you know it, was, it echoed and my dad taught me to pray loud and preach loud and <laughs> I thought the louder you preach the more, more anointing you had you know <laughs> and he didn't like that a little bit he didn't like that a little bit oh he didn't like that and first of all I preached on Sunday night the importance of receiving the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues that was a new birth and he didn't like that and so after church it was in the winter time snow was three foot deep on the ground mm -hmm. he took us to his home he hadn't said a word to me all the way home he hadn't said one word and I was trying to help him with his boots and his coat and hang it up you know and in our room was upstairs Shirley and Brenda was only five years old then was uh, going up the steps and he finally opened his mouth and said where do you get the scripture for all that loud preaching I said I don't know I guess it's the same same verse where it tells you to preach easy <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he didn't like it a little bit, you know. And he wouldn't let me preach up in the sanctuary no more. Not another time. And uh, he had a little chapel downstairs to seat about 75 people packed. If it was jam-packed to 60, 70 people, you know. He made me preach down there on Monday night. He, he didn't like it a little bit. He sat on the front pew. He wouldn't sit on the platform with me. I preached the best I could, the best I knew how. It didn't nothing happened. There's only fifteen, twenty people there. <laughs> nothing happened. Second night, nothing happened. Just the same thing. And the third night, my little girl came down with uh, chicken pox three days something so Shirley couldn't go to church and I told her I said I want you to be praying he'll put me up about eight o'clock and I want you to pray I'm going to go for broke tonight <laughs> so he introduced me about eight o'clock and I got up I preached on Ezekiel's boneyard And, and I ended up by saying you know you're having a revival meeting if, if there's no one here to pray through the Holy Ghost why well at least come to the altar and pray that God give us a good move of the Holy Ghost or something they didn't say nothing didn't do nothing I went over and knelt down on the side and I prayed in my heart I said now Lord I've just went for broke here 
and if you don't help me out, I'm a I'm a dead man. And he, the old the old preacher got up and said, "Well, what do you want to do, folks? You want to pray or you want to go home?" Nobody said a word. He said, "Well, let's just go home." he called on the guy to pray and he didn't get three words out of his mouth until the Holy Ghost hit him and he spoke in tongues and, and knocked him down right on the floor and about that time six other people was knocked on the floor I mean just knocked right down between the pews one of them was a policeman in full dress he had full uniform on unbeliever uh, he was not a member of the church and just knocked him right down on the floor and he got the Holy Ghost <laughs> and the old man didn't like it he went out and sat in his car but they stayed there for an hour and a half and the next night you couldn't get in the place and he wouldn't let them go upstairs. And they stood outside in the foyer and what have you. They couldn't get in the building. They couldn't get in the little building. He was hungry for revival. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So do you think when you told that lady, what was her name? Sister Barnes. Sister Barnes, get up. That was a word of faith. A word of faith. Spoken word of faith. Brother Barnes explained it. Brother T.W. Barnes explained mm -hmm. that to me later on. What I'd done. Mm -hmm. I told him about the story. He said, you spoke the word of faith. You, you spoke, spoke to her, commanded her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Scripture says, say to the mountain. Say to the mountain. Speak to the mountain be thou removed can you teach me how to do that yeah uh, so, suppose uh, <laughs> suppose someone has diabetes sugar diabetes and you're praying for them say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ emphasize that in mm -hmm. the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the authority of your word and by the power of the Holy Ghost that abides in us and according to the anointing that you have given me I speak to this woman's pancreas I command it to function I command the pancreas to function you see I'm not commanding God I'm commanding uh, the pancreas mm -hmm. I command that pancreas to function and to produce insulin on a natural way. That's the way I would pray. If it's pain, I command the pain to leave. Wow. <laughs> I want to do that. Yeah, I'll do it. And if it don't work, uh, don't get all frustrated and say something stupid, something. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> don't defend yourself. Don't defend yourself. I'm practicing. Should I send in my card or? No, no, I'm just kidding. Not now. But just don't make some big excuse. Okay. Don't make a bunch of excuses. 
don't say well, if you folks would have believed it would have happened or uh, something like that don't don't, don't blame nobody mm-hmm. just we haven't got it just right yet folks we'll get it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it the difference between the word of knowledge and the gift of discerning of spirits is that uh, discerning of spirits is that uh, is dealing with the motivation of a person they've done something and if you can discern their spirit then you know why they done it you know uh, whether it's a spirit of the devil you know whether it's a human spirit or, you mean like uh, if someone hasn't like somebody is acting a certain way and then you see maybe something like they've been abused or they've been yeah. hurt and that's why they're acting that way or if it's demonic yeah, it's discerning of spirit okay it's hard to tell for instance when a person is very afraid or very arrogant oftentimes they act the same way mm-hmm. oftentimes they discerning of spirits will tell you whether they're afraid uh, or, or if they're uh, arrogant and the word of knowledge is revelation reveals to you something that is wrong something that's right or wrong mm-hmm. it's revelation and those gifts you just ask for them mm-hmm. pray for them but mind you you're not going to get them without going through a lot of suffering <laughs> yeah because uh, if, if God gives you a bunch of gifts without you suffering it would consume you like a piece of paper in a fire. Mm-hmm. It'd destroy you. It will destroy you. You won't be saved. Mm. You may be powerful, but you won't be saved. Yeah. There's a difference between being spiritual and being powerful. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are spiritual that are not powerful. And there's powerful people that are not spiritual course the ideal situation is to be both mm-hmm. the Corinthian church was the most powerful church in the New Testament but they were carnal the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church in Corinthians first chapter said you come behind in no gift mm-hmm. not only have you got all the gifts but you're number one you excel in every gift but just two chapters later he says I can't speak to you as spiritual because you're carnal Mm. they were very carnal but they were also very powerful Mm. so there's a difference between being spiritual and being powerful there's some people powerful that are not spiritual there's some people spiritual that are not powerful it's possible to be spiritual without having the gift of faith or Mm. uh, any of the gifts you know and uh, there's some people that are very spiritual that never get a prayer answered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just don't know how to do it. <laughs>